Hello, Dave. Hey, see Dave's around the uni. So it's nice to meet you. you I, can't, I can't see you, but it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you you sign off as Dice, so there's only one thing for me. I thought he's definitely Welsh. <laughs> and now I can hear yeah. it in your voice. Yeah, well, well, it's a funny thing. I am Welsh, born and raised. Uh, Porth Call, little seaside town in between Cardiff and Been there. Swansea. Been there. But it, it, been there. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. It's, um, it's kind of the posh bit of Wales. It's what's known as British Wales, which means that um, I don't have as strong an accent as well, others. Do. But it fluctuates. Put me in a room with other Welsh people. Obviously, but also there's certain words, you know, uh, ridiculous and stuff like this. It, it flows through. What do you mean? The pronunciation of saying words like that? Ridiculous. It's kind ridiculous. of, it's sort of these moments where the accent kind of floods through what, a little bit more. What do you call that? A tough. Tough. And yeah, I, I was made fun of an awful lot for uh, for that, definitely, uh, in the past. Tough, toothpaste, toothbrush. Tough. Uh, what's your other? Because my wife's Welsh, so um, when the football's on all the rugby... Uh, my son has to decide which is a tricky one yeah it depends how we're playing at the moment is, is there's like a nations thing on at the moment isn't it it's not like six is it six nations or is it something something different I'll, I'll tell you the honest truth I've not noticed anything sports wise in quite some time when it comes to that sort of stuff I'll basically take a, a look on Twitter and if it seems that Wales are doing pretty bad then I'll uh, I'll duck out for it yeah well that's the same with my football team People assume that I'm a Liverpool fan, but I'm not. I'm an Evertonian. So, so well, uh, I realise this is a podcast about um, about David's, but you know, so I've got to be careful not to just go off track. But I I worked at Liverpool for two years oh, yeah. um, as well. Yeah, the uh, politics department there, and it's absolutely one of my all time favourite cities. Loved it, and I'm not just blowing smoke. The yeah. nicest people in general, like in a genuine sense, talking to people just in the city. It was a really nice, oh, decent place to nice. be. I, I really, I really loved Liverpool. So when were when were you there? I was at Liverpool. Um, so after I got my PhD, which would have been around about 2011, I got a first six month temporary 0.4 contract at Sheffield, <laughs> then moved over to Liverpool for two years there on a 0.8 one year contract, and then onto a one year fixed term uh, full contract before coming to Bath. So I, it was sort of the first proper job. Although they were, you know, fixed to teaching only contracts yeah. uh, immediately after my PhD, wow. and um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, the only the only problem was I, I spent the first six months living in Liverpool, but then my wife was doing a PhD at Sheffield, so we decided to live equidistant, which meant we ended up living in Salford, uh, <laughs> in between. on the Wardle Council estate, uh, which was not as nice a place to live, maybe. But you know, so it goes. An hour long commute on Northern Rail, which is Ooh. the worst train system you can oh, imagine. God. And that was two years you were doing that? Yeah, it was. Before oh, heading God. down south into the noticeably warmer, it has to be said, uh, Bath. Do you make comparisons to north and south? Do you, do you class yourself as a northerner or a southerner or neither? Well, so like a lot of my research in the past has been on devolution in the UK and Welshness and British politics and so forth. So I teach a uh, final year unit, which is called... Um, disunited kingdom colon devolution in the end of British politics question mark gotta have a question mark <laughs> and and we talk about all these sorts of issues about what is Britishness Englishness North South divide and it's it's a great unit um, this is not an advertising right but because every year there's some sort of issue within the union from uh, you know the Scottish independence referendum to Brexit and the impact of that the situation in Northern Ireland and right now. 
um, it really feels like going into the next semester where I'll be teaching this, the big question of Englishness and that North-South divide, it's really bubbled up again, right? Andy Burnham, the King of the North, as an, the, the launch of the Northern Independence Party and stuff. It's, it's a really interesting time. Okay. And teaching at Liverpool, very different student intake to here at the University of Bath. The University of Bath, a lot of our students are basically the M4 corridor. And I'd always, I always get like one or two Northerners in the class. And it's almost as though they're sort of an alien species, finally able to talk about their experiences in Bath and they're going to let loose. While at Liverpool, it was quite mixed. And it was fascinating to see. I, I, I don't know the extent to which way you would draw any line, but there's definitely some sort of cultural element in which people perceive themselves and how they would talk about that experience. Uh, there's a line from, I think it's Keats, uh, but it might be another of the Irish poets, and I feel terrible not knowing, where he says, the minute one Englishman opens his mouth, another one hates him. <laughs> and there's something in there, right, about that sort of division of Englishness, which, again, as a Welshman, yeah. I get to enjoy from the outside as well. Well, I, I always feel... Um emotional when because uh, I, I i don't um i don't connect emotionally with our national anthem but i do with the welsh one and obviously my wife when um the the games start up and they have the national anthem i get i can feel like uh your your one is really like emotional and just like you know heartfelt i don't connect with our one there's um actually and this is, again, all my cultural reference points for our students are out of date now. But there's an Eddie Izzard stand-up routine where he, he, he talks about that, you know, sort of the, the sort of dirge of God save again. I think Billy Conley has one as well. It's it's a, a pretty awful uh, national anthem. But the point there, of course, is there is no English national anthem. There's only the British national anthem. Mm. And what, what would be the English national anthem? Uh, Land of Hope and Glory? Maybe. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yeah, I was thinking that one, yeah. Jerusalem's a beautiful one, yeah. Hello, Dave. Hiya. Hiya. So uh, what a difference that Dave makes. Um, so you do, do you prefer Dave, David, Davey, or Die Dave? Right. So it's a good question. Um, I tend to be go... I tend to go by Die when people are talking to me on a sort of one-to-one -one level. However, if I'm at sort of a formal function, etc., my labels, my badge, everything will say David. You know, David's my, my proper name, my, my work name. But on an individual level, I go by Di. The um, difference is, though, if you meet mates from back in South Wales, they'll still call me Dave. Sort of, um, I think I started going by Di at university. And it was definitely, you know, I went to Sheffield University. And I think being in England, there was an extent to which it's sort of a rebranding, right? right. It also helps by the fact there's just so many Davids. Yeah, well, every time I saw it, I was like, he's definitely Welsh. And I, you know, obviously when I saw the emails and he signs off, die, I thought, imagine if I went, oh, so whereabouts are you Welsh? And you're like, no, I'm not. And I'd be like, oh, why are you calling yourself die then? And I'm thinking, well, you could call yourself anything. You know, don't assume. Could have gone with David. David, yeah. Uh, my wife, she's got a cousin who's called David Davis, and he, he gets called Double Die. Double Die, die twice. Die twice. <laughs> you only die twice. So when I when I came to the university, just to kind of put it in some context, though. So when I joined Polis, there was David Galbraith, David Clark, David Cut, David Gillespie, and David Moon. Wow. So by that logic, it made sense to go by Dye as well. Yeah, yeah. That was my department, one department, five Davids. They're everywhere. You're never too far from a David or a Dave. <laughs> you listen to this is a podcast. So when did you start at the uni, Dave? 
Uh, I started at the university. I always get this wrong now. Um, 14, 2014. I can remember it because it was the year of my marriage as well. So, yeah, I've been here ages. A now. good year. A great year. Moved house, got married, wow. got a nice job. Did everything. You're, yeah, you're like nuts. <laughs> you did what? Sorry. Like a week as well. What? Jeez Louise. So you moved all the way from you Salford then to Bath? Yeah, moved down from the Salford. We got kicked out of our accommodation next. The landlord wanted to move back in and we were getting married two days later. So we had to uh, get everything moved uh, and then get married and head off on a honeymoon with a completely unpacked flat. Yeah. God, where, did you, where was your honeymoon? Ah, it was it was Bali, which I feel embarrassing because it's a bit posh and sort of expensive, but it was lovely. Did you just go there or were you travelling around? Uh, it was it was uh, Lombok and Bali. And, you know, being good sort of middle-class bourgeois people, you know, you've got to have a lot of the sort of cultural elements. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing politics. I read up a lot of um, sort of the particularly awful history uh, of some of the sort of massacres of communists around there. And then a bit of time on the beach as well, because oh, you've got yeah. to have that. Hello, it's me, Clement St. Swithin here. I've got a spanking brand new show, don't you know? It's on channel TCCTCTC at supper time or late evening if aren't sophisticated like me. <laughs> My brand new show is all about what you should be planting this season and also what you shouldn't be planting. Uh, I won't go through everything you won't be planting though because that would take for ages, darlings. <laughs> You'll see me at different locations and posh clothes and sometimes a hat and a cravat with a cat in a hat and a cravat. And we'll take you on a journey from Land's End to somewhere up north. I'll also be joined by the usual suspects, of course, Peregrine, Ophelia and Stay to shed some light and help answer the gargantuan green gremlins in your gardens. <laughs> and pathways and pavings and car parks. So join me, Clement St. Swithin, and the others in that, on channel TCCTCTT. Remember, your garden is like your house outside, but don't put your fridge and your sofa in the garden, because that looks weird. See you soon. What do you do on a daily basis? What do you do on a daily basis? <laughs> Oh my god, I did not know there'd be such puns. There's loads of them, by the way. All right. On a daily basis? Um, well, it depends. I mean, are we talking sort of work and life? I suppose right now it's wake up, but if I'm lucky after six o'clock because my uh, one-year-old daughter wakes up, uh, get her up, get her fed and dressed. Um, now with the pandemic, it's then try and get into work at nine o'clock, sat at the laptop and... Um, try and avoid a, a stooped back, find some time to get up and about. Work, the majority of that, obviously, uh, is um, going to be a mixture of emails, administrative work, and then teaching, uh, talking to our fantastic students, trying to get a bit of research in. And on top of that, uh, trade union duties, because I'm the uh, local branch president for UCU. Sign off, more time with the baby, finally get to see her before she goes to bed, and then, uh, you know, crash on the sofa, Bottle of wine, cry yourself to sleep, get up every day. That's, that's life, isn't it? Until, what, you, until you die. What yeah. do you, uh, are you, are you got any box sets at the moment? Anything that you're watching? 
Uh, yeah, we've actually just got uh, Babylon Berlin, which is a German uh, series, which I started on Netflix when I was over in Germany, and it's not been out on Netflix here since. Uh, but we bought the DVDs. It's a film noir setting in uh, 1920s Weimar, Germany, with intrigue and murder and politics. It's, it's fantastic. So is that on is that, um, DVDs or is that on Netflix or...? That's on DVDs for my sins. I got it in the Black uh, the Black Friday sales. Oh, right. That little treat for yourself. Exactly. Got it sometimes. Um, have you got all your presents sorted, by the way? Or have you, are you a last minute? Do you do it last minute? Um, I've got majority of my presents sorted. Uh, I kind of need to put it all together in my head, though. Part of the problem is... Um, Again, my wife, first of all, she's German, which means that uh, we also have to get a little St. Nicholas gift, oh, yeah. which, as we're recording now, will be uh, Sunday. Then it's her birthday on, like, the 21st, and then it's Christmas. So it's a lot of organising of presents all in oh, one fell swoop, which yeah. uh, shouldn't be a problem, but I'm just really bad, really bad at that stuff. So w- would you normally be going to Germany or for Christmas, or do you usually... One Christmas here, one Christmas there. Do you, do you alternate it? We tried to alternate it. It's a bit. It's been a bit tricky. Uh, first of all, uh, my daughter was born last year in November. We were we were sticking in the UK, obviously. Um, but then this year, the aim is going to be spend some time in Wales with my mother beforehand, but then go over to Germany for a little while. And we really didn't know whether or not to do that. And even now, I suppose, we're not even sure what's going to happen. But um, with the lockdown, just nothing was clear. But uh, Melina, my wife, she's not seen her family at all. And they've not seen uh, Helena, the baby, since uh, January. Um, So it's a huge opportunity to finally get out and and see her side of the family. It's also quite difficult. My father died a few years back, so my mother's on her own, and she's been stuck in Wales, right, sort of locked down for a while, so really need to get out and see her as well. Mm. Because both the grandparents on both sides, right, have been denied their rightful position of just seeing and Mm. cooing over their granddaughter. Come on, Dave, you know you're going to win. Not like Phil, Alan, or Brian, or Steve sitting in the bin. So what is your... Favorite Dave. What's your favorite Dave? Uh, Dave. David Dave. Your favorite day of the week, Dave. My David Day. My favorite day. It seems silly, I guess, to say Friday because you can feel it coming. Um, I don't know. For some reason, in my mind, I quite like a Wednesday. I think it's because you tend to have uh, a sense that we're almost there through the hump of the week. <laughs> yeah getting through it you can see the end is yeah. nigh exactly because on sunday you're already thinking oh god back to work but wednesday you feel like you're making progress yeah yeah i, I have to write i write a list every day and i go through my list but as wednesday comes and goes i'm like nice one you're nearly there now and it's really weird isn't it wishing your life away it's just like why can't i wake up on a monday and go yay bring it on it's something you feel even more, I think, uh, working at a university. I mean, since the time I've been here, I can feel I've transitioned from, you know, the young kind of cool lecturer who's kind of a little bit, yeah, he's, he's down. He's not down with the kids, right? Baseball back, hat on backwards and whatnot, but at least there's that. And already now I'm just some completely out of date, yeah. knackered. Well, that's um, having a know. kid. That makes you knackered, having a kid. It does, but it doesn't help being surrounded every year by fresh-faced 18-year-olds. Yeah, they don't age, right? I'm just sort of aging. <laughs> I know, the gap between them and you is just, like, widening, isn't it? Yeah. What a difference 
a Dave makes. Do you, what after Dave do you use? What after shave do you use? Uh, Nivea for men, after shave balm. Not Davidoff. <laughs> Davidoff, dear God, no. Keep going, I'm loving this. Uh, do you have a man cave, Dave? Uh, I don't have a man cave. Uh, I would love to uh, live and afford to be able to live in somewhere which uh, could afford me a man cave. I maybe could have used one room, but that's that's now a baby's room. That's, that's a child's room. But no, no man cave. Do you have a, fav- a favourite Dave? Do you have a favourite Dave? It's a good question. Like, when we were talking about this sort of favourite Daves uh, beforehand, you said, have a think about it. And I came up with three, and I thought I'll... I'll try and make it a bit sort of not all just politics on since that's what I work on. I mean, the obvious the obvious answer first of all would be my favourite Dave is obviously uh, David Galbraith, my dean of faculty. But oh. I'll, I'll share him his, his blushes. And we'll, we'll say it's not. We'll <laughs> say it's not David. But um, yeah, I think it would be number one. We'll go with my favourite one. Politics one. It was between David Graeber and David Harvey. Uh, I'll say David Harvey. Uh, his his work on explaining Karl Marx's capital has been absolutely central for me in my reading and it's something I can always present to students. So David Harvey's work is fantastic. Second one I go with is David Lynch. I adore the films of David Lynch. Yeah. Um, from a long time sort of back, I, I love David Lynch. Lost Highway was one of like the first films that really uh, got to me. And then uh, Dave Lister, I think, from Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Since growing up, that was my sort of special show I was allowed to stay up and watch, you know, with parents. And I think going back and watching it, it's probably not that good, but I adored it. So it's always going to have that, that soft spot for me. It's and again, weird. a little puddling, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I've, I've done that with a few things, watched them back, and I've gone, I remember laughing my head off of that. And then watching it and then not having the same reaction. I'm like, what's changed with me? Obviously, I've changed. When, when you watch stuff back, you're like, ah, oh, I definitely remember this episode being much funnier. Like, I've seen that with the young ones. Because I used to love that, and I just remember just laughing at the little hamster as well, just little yeah. Scottish hamster. I just used to laugh my head off of that because it was just so daft. What about your bottom three, Dave's? I think about this. I can't. I can come up with three, uh, or at least not three that I'd want to say on the uh, on a podcast. I guess the worst day for me. I'll start with a politics one. That's got to be David Cameron, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. An absolute car wreck of a prime minister left the country riddled with increased poverty from austerity alongside doing irreparable harm to the union. Not that I'm saying, um, you know, not necessarily who's to say what Scotland should do with its own future. But, uh, and also, of course, uh, the Brexit is always hung around mm-hmm. his neck as well. And then off he trots and lives the life of luxury, no harm done to him. So David Cameron is definitely the worst Dave slash David for me. And then after that, it's, it's a struggle. I actually decided in a controversial uh, position to go with uh, Dewey Sant with St. David. Why? Well, being Welsh growing up, St. David's Day, no one ever actually told us what St. David did. It was just St. David's Day, and we'd go to school, and we'd dress in our uh, traditional dress, which is a full, obviously, set up for the, for the girls, and for the boys, it's just a flat cap and uh, a waistcoat, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, put on a, a leek or a daffodil. But no one ever told us what St. David did. And when you look it up, it's not that great. It's, it's not the most impressive of saints, making some, some ground rise in the air. And also being a teetotaler, I feel, is not particularly representative of the Welsh people anymore. So I'm afraid I'm going to be controversial to say St. David. So what did he do? Or... What did he do? Or... 
What was there? As I remember, he managed one of the things he managed to do was to make the ground rise so people could see him uh, at the back of uh, of a crowd. It's it's not that impressive. Again, this is the moment. This is gonna this will be the one controversial thing I say on here now. No one will have a problem with me saying I don't like David Cameron, but Saint David. Yeah, you'll have well loads of emails. <laughs> um how many so was that bomb uh, was the three in there I mean, don't have to No, there's to, only two. I could not think of a third one. I mean I'm throwing something like David Starkey, but that's that's the one I'll get. I, I could avoid that. <laughs> Hey, this is John Cruz. You're listening to 80 Daves. What a difference a Dave makes. How many Daves have you got on your phone, Dave? Ah, that's a good question. You did ask me that. Let me just quickly right. check. Amy. Contacts. Um, do you know what? I have got no Daves or Davids or Dyes or Davids in my phone. Um, that's a first, uh, And in there, it's... Uh, there's, there's a few I know, but I think part of the problem is now if you're going to get in contact, it'll probably be through my WhatsApp or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who uses their phone anymore to actually call people? I don't know. Do you know your mobile number? I do know my yeah. mobile number. I don't know my wife's mobile number, which is something I should know. I don't know my, I don't know our house number off by heart. I know my old house number. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I can tell you the phone number of my best friends, Lloyd and Robert from when that would have been about 1997 or something like this but i don't remember my own one then what would you be called if you weren't dave if you were d dave dave it was so according to my mother uh and it's appalling she said that if it wasn't for uh david i was going to be called robin uh no offense to any robins out there but robin moon i'm not feeling that robin moon. if i was going to be a girl i was going to be rhiannon that's a good name rhiannon but, moon, yeah yeah that's a nice name when is your birthday? When's your birthday? Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you the first bit, just in case the next question is, can you tell me also your social security number or something, right? Uh, it's <laughs> May 16th. May 16th. Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah. I'm a tourist, yeah. And I was going to say, how long have you been called Dave? I mean, this, this answer sounds obvious, but we've had different responses. How long have I been called Dave? Yeah. So... I feel like I'm not a Dave. I'm either a David or a Die, but I'm not a Dave. The word Dave to me just doesn't resonate with me. But on the other hand, like I, I said before, my friends back in Wales, some of them have transitioned, but most people call me Dave still. So clearly I was a Dave for a very long time, but it's probably been about, uh, about 15, 16 years, maybe even more. Um, hang on, let's do the 2000 and three so since 2003 i've basically been a die i would say and it's a funny one whereby well first of all for my mother i'm david and she'd be horrified at any other thing i think that's probably a normal thing for a lot of davids but on the other hand it's always a strange thing when sort of mates from back home meet mates now and sort of the, they'll call me dave and people are like dave so yeah. it just doesn't fit see you dave yeah i know what you mean i i'm in our family i'm joe or joseph and outside i'm joey so that when yeah. somebody, a friend of mine, is talking to me in front of me, mum or my family, they're like, hiya, Joey. And they're like, he's not a Joey, he's a Joe. And I'm like, it's all right to live another life, you know. Uh, <laughs> what was your, so what was your nickname? Did you have a nickname in school or uni or? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose in school. Um, it wasn't, I mean, my name's David Moon. So the nickname was not going to be related to uh, David. I suppose it was just sort of a mixture of Mooney uh, and moon or spoon something like that yeah moony i suppose that would have been the close 
And when, so when you started calling yourself Dai, did you at any point did your mum think why why is he calling himself Dai now? <laughs> I don't think my mother's ever really heard me be call it uh, be called it. Um, if she because again my wife uh, calls me David, she hates Dai as well. So for my mother and my wife, it's David, and everyone else it's Dai. So I, I don't think she really comes into contact with anyone who would use that term. <laughs> Do you have another Dave in the family? Dai, Dave, Dave. Do you have another Dave or die in the family? No, I am the only David in my family. I'm the only David in the village. <laughs> David in the village. Was, um, are you glad of that? Are you glad that you're the only, or are you like, you know, if you had a, a son, would you have called, would you have passed on? Because I've done the same. I've called myself my son, Joe. People think, ooh, it's a bit strange. It does happen. Um, yeah. No, so... My mother says that she chose the name David because it's a good, solid name that will never go out of fashion. Um, and I, I like that about it. I do think David's just a classic good name. I like the fact it's got a bit of a Welsh link, which is something I've been able to take with me. But um, it certainly is a ubiquitous name as well. Uh, it's a funny one. Again, when I started to think about which is my favourite and least favourite Davids, um, I just, you just realise how many people there are. Mm. But I, I really like the name. Uh, I'm really glad to have the name, but I don't think I would name my son after. I try and find something a little bit more, um, okay. I know, a little bit more interesting than my own name. I hear that enough as it is. So, did you have no, a, no offense? No, no. Would you have? Uh, did you have when you before your daughter was born? Did you have lads' names and girls' names, not knowing? she was going to be or did you know she was a girl? We did know that she was going to be a girl. There was a period where we were trying to think of boys names but the problem there was again my wife coming from germany she lacks a certain uh, british class radar which means she was coming up with these names where it's like well there's absolutely no way we can we could call him that that's just gonna sound like the poshest person i've ever heard in my life <laughs> she'd be like it's a perfectly normal name in germany and then i'd go well what about this name and she'd be like that is an old man's name and we are not calling her so you, you kind of have to try and find something which is going to be acceptable in yeah. cultures which again it's, it's a good rule of thumb in some sense right yeah. something which is not going to sound <laughs> something which to me sounds like a really cool name for her just sounds like something her grandfather would have been called and sort of vice versa yeah well we did um because i my grand was my grandfather was called joseph and rachel's grandfather was called lloyd so joe is now joseph lloyd which is great because then he because there's five there's four joes in our family if anyone shouts joe is we all look around like meerkats. Uh, he gets called Lloydy now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. a great name. Yeah, I Lloyd. love the name Lloyd. I think it's a gorgeous name. Rome wasn't built in a Dave. What can you build in a Dave? Dave, die. What can I build in a Dave? Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I am not particularly DIY uh, skilled and handy. So it's probably, if it was something sort of physical in that regard, I can do an IKEA uh, setup. That's fine. But then I suppose what I could build in a Dave is probably going to be something related to my work, which is either a penetrating line of argument or a, a nice set of PowerPoint slides. <laughs> like the nice set of PowerPoint slides. Would you use transitions as well? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, would you be buried in a Dave yard, a, a graveyard full of Daves? What? So it's a graveyard which there's only people called David? Yeah. Um. Why not? I mean, I haven't really thought about it, but uh, it would it would be quite a sort of a talking point. I, I quite like that. Why not? Um, yeah. Would you? That's, be... a, that's, a, that's a straight. I've never thought about it, but but sure. You sure, you've not? never thought of that. <laughs> just, 
I suppose one of the topics that comes up as well that people say, "Oh no, I wouldn't be buried; I'd be cremated." Have you got? Have you thought of that? Yeah, um, I feel like first of all, I feel like being buried nowadays has almost become a luxury for lack of space anymore. There's so little time; it's not time, but so little space to actually bury people. The cre- cremation seems to be sort of the way uh, through for it. But um, on the other hand, I think there's something to be said for. As human beings, we have completely extracted constantly from the world around us, taking all the resources as much as possible. Mm. Maybe the least I could do is to be in a biodegradable box and give something back to the earth. Yeah. A bit like the Lion King, right? You've got to go back into the ground so yeah. the antelope can eat the grass and stuff. Circle of life. Exactly. Exactly. What would you call the collective noun for a group of Daves or a group of Dyes? Um, I would call it, I think, a posse. A posse of Daves. I like that. Previously, we've had a Doddle of Daves, Doddle, yeah, and an, an Attenborough of Daves as well. <laughs> oh man, I, I appreciate, it, but I, yeah, a posse. I like that. It sounds organised, and it sounds like you're, you're going to go and do some trouble. <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. That's the sound of the clock. Is time running out? Well, maybe it's time for you to find out what you are doing in your life. In my 78-week program, I'll get you from doing nothing to doing loads. Hi, my name is Mike Michaels. You might remember me from other podcasts such as Mike Open, Smell the Coffee, or Make It Your Way, or Any Way You Make It, or I Can't Make My Mind Up. This 78-week program, including weekends, will cover everything from monotasking to multitasking, How to get dressed in 20 seconds. How to get a new job in just 13 minutes. I'll give you the A to Z in how to make yourself better in 41 weeks. Do you have a favorite flavor of crisps? Do you have a favorite flavor of crisps? I think stick with the classics. I'm going to go with um, salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. um, Monster Munch, in which case it's going to be pickled onion. Ooh. Oh, I love that. It's making me mouth water. Do you... um, do you like doing the picking it out as well, like an hour after it? <laughs> do I like doing it? Yeah, uh, you have to, though, yeah. So you have to do it. Do you like that one, yeah? Do it not in front of people. Yeah. So pickled onions, your favourite flavour of Monster Munch? Yeah, I mean, the hot and spicy one is, is all good. But yeah, we're going with pickled onions. Pickled That's onion. the classic. Do you ever watch Dave or Dave Plus One, Dave? Not anymore. I used to watch it back when it first started, which again was so long ago, but I don't have a working aerial on my TV. So I'm not one of those people who's like, well, I don't even own a TV. I do own a TV. It's just I can't get any actual TV on my TV. So it's mainly for the PlayStation 4 and uh, Netflix and uh, Prime and other streaming services now. So I don't actually get to see any television anymore. So you got PlayStation, what are you playing on that? Uh, at the moment, I finally got around to The Witcher 3 because I, I have barely any time anymore. So what mm. I tend to do is I buy a big sandbox game like Red Dead Redemption or Fallout or Skyrim or something like that. And then I can play that for about a year and a half, frankly, because I get so little time that I'll just keep <laughs> playing through that. Yeah, I love that though. And have you, are you doing it um, in the, the lounge or are you, are you like locked away somewhere in a dungeon? No, it's in the lounge. It's it's it the, it's the one TV. And one TV. fair play, it's sort of every now and again, it's sort of my wife. I'll go. Do you know what? I'll go and spend some time on the computer. <laughs> Is that her way of saying you're doing me in? Yeah, it might well be. I think that's true. <laughs> so, do you like Christmas Dave, Boxing Dave, or New Year's Dave? 
definitely Christmas Dave. Um, yeah, Boxing Day is, is just sort of a, a fake holiday. It's just a nothing day, right? It's uh, I don't go out hunting, nor would I ever want to go out hunting. So uh, it's just a, a waste of a day. And New Year's Dave, well, New Year's Eve, I kind of hate because it's, for me, the definition of organised fun, right? It's a day in which if you haven't had an amazing night, it's almost like you failed. It's sort yeah. of, you've got to do something. Yeah. While, while Christmas, there's a routine, right? It's very difficult almost to mess up Christmas. So, uh, yeah, much prefer that one. Any Dave-related questions you would like to add to this podcast? I've done about seven so far. But is there any any questions that either you being a Dave you get asked or any questions you'd be interested in hearing what other Daves have to say? I have to edit out this pause and I have right. to think about it. I always do. I edit out all my AMs as well. Yeah, tell me about that. That's I'm already um, editing um, my videos to take out my... I used the word so a lot. So? So is that at the beginning of a... Um, when you're teaching. Yeah, it's basically my kind of, as I'm thinking in my head, what yeah. I'm about to say. Yeah. So, um, any any questions? Let me have a think. For other Daves. That's all right. I don't necessarily have one. I wonder if there's any, is, I wonder from a sort of political science perspective, whether or not there's any correlation whatsoever between the name David and any form of sort of uh, political alignment. That'd be quite interesting. Growing up in Wales, obviously, mm. sort of, there's a general uh, political alignment, which is more on the left, etc. Oh, but yeah. David is such a such a sort of broad name. I reckon it's probably pretty politically neutral. You can't tell something from a Dave or a Dave. <laughs> Do you know what your name means, David? David. Um, uh, it means uh, beloved. Yeah, yeah. Another Dave told me that. If anyone looks, I mean, again, David's one of those funny ones, isn't it? Because it's sort of got the... It's a bit like Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, David, all these sort of um, biblical. Hebrew, biblical names, which now sound so incredibly pedestrianly British. Yeah. But if you look at David in the Bible, I mean, we all look at him, what he did in terms of, you know, slaying uh, Goliath and stuff, but not a great guy. Uh, not a great guy, uh, David, with the sort of, um, in particular with his gender relations. Oh, right. Oh, I'll have to deep into, I'll have to look into that now. So you've obviously done a back, background. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like there's um there's a quite a fun book called um i think it's called the good book which is about a guy who's um he's jewish and he's in um he's in synagogue one day and he just kind of picks up uh, the torah and starts flicking through it and he realizes he's never really read it um because you know you, people have a faith and you go along and you <laughs> you don't read the actual original text and he looks up the name of his daughter and i can't remember who it is and he's horrified at what he finds, not least because the majority of women who appear in the Old Testament tend to be either prostitutes or murdered or sort yeah, of really not so great stuff there, right? Yeah. So it, and he's kind of horrified at the names he's given to his daughter. It's not quite, I, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't looking that one up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just like a bit of sort of a little bit of history. One of the Daves asked a question saying, you'd be interested to know if, because he was into David Bowie, he said, mm -hmm. I wonder if, other Daves had a favourite David Bowie song. I don't know if you if you're a David Bowie fan. If not, my parent a lot of that sort of music would be something my parents listened to, and that was mainly Tom Petty, Neil Young. In terms of David Bowie, uh, David Bowie. Uh, the problem in my mind is I can't quite get over that period where he started referring to Hitler as a great superstar and uh, saying that 
fascism and authoritarianism could be a good thing and uh, wow. giving what he claimed was a wave that looked a lot like a, a fascist salute he claimed afterwards he apologized for all of it and said he was on a lot of cocaine so you know so the rock against racism uh, movement in the uk formed itself after eric clapton gave an incredibly racist um shout out at a gig calling for sort of basically deportations and saying make britain white and at the same time with david bowie going through that stuff and it was those two artists which formed the sort of the pushback around the clash and so forth the rock against racism movement it's a really interesting uh period and there's a a new documentary out on it which i think is on netflix as well see again one of the problems with uh, studying politics and doing politics is it ruins your life because you can't actually enjoy any popular culture anymore because uh everything gets filtered through sort of the political background, but also just you can't turn off your brain. So you'll be watching a film and you'll be going, ah, well, of course, this is uh, all about the patriarchy, isn't it? And the people are going, it's about ghosts, mate, it's ghost film. <laughs> so you're saying that you're, you're, you can see the underlying or you're trying to figure out the underlying theme through things or we're seeing it through a different lens? I think it's it's sort of, you, you can't turn off those sorts of lenses you pick up. You're always thinking in terms of, you know, class, race, gender, capital, all the sort of things which you research for a living. You know, popular culture is one of the most important uh, prime sort of uh, tools by which we disseminate um, ideology, whether or not it's deliberate or it's just the way that we circulate the common sense norms of our society. Yeah. So what you put out in music and film and, and literature and all this, I think it's really matters. And it's one of the things I really enjoy talking to students about is mm. those sorts of areas, which of course becomes more of a problem the further and further my cultural reference points have all disappeared. My students hadn't even watched Armageddon uh and I feel like Armageddon is a film that how can people not have watched? it's such a Christmas movie, it's always on. But yeah. I at least want to reference some of it to make yeah. a point. Do you have a favourite Christmas film? Uh Die Hard, obviously. Really? See, there's a good pun there as well, Die Hard, see? Die Hard, yeah. Die Another Day, isn't that a James Bond one? I was unhappy. I was cold and frightened. My house, my belongings, my life was ruined. That's when it occurred to me. I had to get a front door for my house. No one ever knocked. The postman left packages next door or around the corner at Carol's. That's when I turned to frontdoors.co.uk slash index.html. My life has changed. If you buy your front doors from frontdoors.co.uk slash index.html, then you get your back doors or side doors for a fraction of the price, even if you don't need them. Now the postman posts letters through my letterbox and I can talk to him or her when packages need signing and have a little chat about topical stuff or the weather, or tropical weather, or tropical stuff. Like your frontdoors.co.uk slash index.html. Be the front doors to your next, to your, to your house at frontdoors.co.uk slash index.html. Your house is at risk if you don't have frontdoors.co.uk index.html. Now I can close the door on anyone I want to. I, I told the colleague as well who's in the UCU who said I'm interviewing Di, uh, Di Moon and obviously just the, the great stuff you're doing as representative as well for the UCU President are you President? I am President I mean president. it's a very grand title for uh, uh, for the role but yeah I am and I'm I'm proud to be in the role I didn't um, 
I never intended to be in the role. After the big strike action that we had over the pensions the first time, I come from a socialist background, socialist family, right? And I've always been in the union. I always would be in the union. Um, but I'd never really been engaged in it. I'd go out and strike. I might go to picket lines. But that was a moment where someone on the committee said, come on, you should step up and take on a role. And I said, yeah, why not? It was in a pub as well. And the next thing you know, uh, get fully engaged, start to take place in negotiations, and you see the work that's being done. And once uh, the position opened up, for uh, branch president following uh, my fantastic Michael Carley stepping down from it, I decided to go for it. And uh, I think maybe my wife sometimes regrets it, the amount of time it takes. Uh, but on the other hand, I would say that some of the most positive things that I've been able to do as um, an academic beyond sort of, you know, I can talk about my research, I love teaching, but it's, it's something that has had real proper impact, I believe, in improving conditions for colleagues on campus. And mm. that's just so incredibly important. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And a lot of people appreciate it as well. I mean, I when I read your emails, I'm like, wow, he must be dead clever. Because you're using loads of terms that I'd be like, I don't even know what that means. But see, that's the problem. I actually, one of the things that when I took over, I promised myself I'd do was two things. One, there's a danger that once you get into the role, because you understand everything, you forget how much, how little knowledge other people have, frankly, because why would you need this knowledge of these complicated sort of organizational stuff? And I promised myself I'd avoid using sort of acronyms and so forth, but then you fall into it. Uh, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is I, I do want to try and avoid that. So I need to get more people to edit my emails, especially people who aren't academics, because mm. being an academic, I'm used to using sort of long sentences yeah. and too many words. And and I kind of need people to come through and just edit down and cut everything out and just say, give it two sentences and so forth. Because you you forget, you get stuck in that worldview. So I'm glad I'm glad that at least you read the email. I do. I, will I, do. Do, I need to do my best to, to I want to make sure that I kind of avoid wherever possible using any sort of mm. uh, words which are too long. A colleague who I played footy with kept asking me to be in the union, get in the union. Very, it's sometimes very hard to commit for me. My time isn't isn't my yeah. time anymore, and I'm like I've got to be there for Joe. Um, and also I have to make sure that I know I can do this well and not half arse because I don't want to commit to something and say I can't do this. It's sort of slowly embraced what I what I'm I'm embracing slowly about what it is to to be aware of what's going on around the university, around all the universities, around generally and also know how to how to help other people who are in similar situations it's like well this place or this ucu or this union whatever will be able to help you through that they'll they'll be supportive helping me appreciate and also become aware of all this sort of stuff that's going on and i'm i'm doing it bit by bit in small chunks i can't go like that and Absolutely. digest that i've got to do it in small bits yeah absolutely it's um the, there's two elements to the role one is that national level big campaigns for the sector wide and then there's just the day-to-day -day meeting with individual members who've got a particular issue and often it's just helping people to understand what form that needs filling in we're looking over the form just kind of that real just almost just being there to help someone feel confident about what they're doing, let alone, you know, situations where you end up in the room and, and, and sort of the more formal stuff. 
it's incredibly rewarding. It's also incredibly exhausting. Yeah. Um, but if you ever want to chat more, I'm happy. It would be good, even if this isn't kept in. It would be good to have some sort of line in the podcast about uh, joining the union or something. Yeah. Get, you know, when people talk about the benefits of being in the union, often you almost sell it like it's an insurance scheme, which is if anything goes wrong, you've got the union there who can have your back. They can give you through advice and so forth. And I think that's definitely part of it. But I think also more about being in the union, it's about feeling that connection which links all of us as workers uh, on campus, that we have shared um, interests that we want to sort of organize around and just do what we can to improve our working conditions and to also just have a sense of understanding how things work and what we can do collectively. I think that the union is as much about hopefully having some sense of a community identity as members of staff here who are pulling together to support each other as much as it is being just a vital tool to A, be there to negotiate with senior management and uh, attend all the many consultations and so forth and to give individual members support. But I do hope there's an aspect to which people can be a member of the union and feel united with colleagues. And I also like that our union, it's not just a union of academics, of sort of lecturers and stuff like this. I think it's so important that it's, it's, it ties together and bonds together academic related professional services and sort of teaching and research staff. I think that's that's really important as well so that we can actually make sure we support each other in different positions and we don't get divided uh, along those lines. Nice one. Nice one, Doug. That's great, Doug, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed this. Good luck trying to edit something out of it. <laughs> no, I will. Um, the, the other ones are on the podcast as well, um, which you can do if you do a search for 80 Daves. But Have you done David Galbraith yet? No, he's on my list, though. I, w- I was a bit nervous because he's a dean. Now go for him. Tell him, tell him that... Um, Say that, say that uh, Daimoon uh, said he'd be great. And one of the things, I don't know if it's for the podcast, we, we went on, so the university's been trying to make links with universities in China and Korea. And when I was here in my first year, I ended up going on a trip and to build relationships with the other universities. And on the trip, there were, there were one, two, three, three Davids and one female member of staff. And I just thought, that was sums it up, didn't it? There were three times as many Davids as there was fewer members of staff. Yeah. But um, David Galbraith is one of those there, um, so I got to know him through that. Tell him, tell him I've been, and I, that I said he'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, Dai. Take Thanks care, mate. What a da? What a da? Sit tight, tea. All the classics. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. See ya. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. 80 Dave's around the uni.